Betting 360, your number one source for horse racing and sports betting insights. Taking the reins, here's Mark Hayworth with another expert interview to give you that winning edge. Uh, hello to all and welcome back to the Betting 360 podcast. After a brief hiatus of sorts, the podcast is back for the new year and with a new host. My name is Mark Haywood. I'm the content and member manager at Champion Bets. And after a few years of hosting, Dave's decided to handball the podcast duties over. So hopefully I can step into his shoes somewhat and continue to bring you guys interesting sports betting and racing interviews. And our first guest of the year is Brett. Brett's a sports modelling and trading professional, and he's also the man behind the new Champion Bets NBA package that's launching at the moment. So we thought we'd get him on to discuss the new package and also take us through a little bit about his own betting journey and history as well. Okay, so my guest on today's Betting 360 podcast is Brett. Brett's a professional sports model and trader, and he's the man that's behind the new Champion Bets NBA package. So thanks for joining us, Brett. Cheers, Mark. So before we discuss what you've put together for Champion Bets, we might just delve a little bit into your own background, just your own history. So when did you first get into the punt, first of all? So I'd say that I probably seriously got into sports betting in around 2009. So prior to that, myself and my business partner had a, a pretty deep background in poker. So straight out of high school, two young blokes with some large imaginations and some half-decent programming and like just general skills and logic, we thought we would get together and do something poker. So we started building PokerBots back in 2003. So we had a five to six year history with poker botting and playing poker. And then that generally transformed into a sports betting capability by about 2009. We sort of grew out of our poker roots. We started to learn a lot about machine learning and all these processes coming out of uh, data science that was new and exciting. And so we basically moved away from poker and got into the much more scalable sports betting market. Great. And was it always a more serious thing for you and I guess a full-time pursuit, if you like, rather than a hobby? Yeah, so I don't think I've ever, I think I've really recreationally had a bet in my life. So at around 2009, I sort of surveyed the investment landscape and made an assessment that sports betting offered the most bang for buck for return on capital. Because, um, you know, as I see, if you can find advantage in a sports betting market, your so-called return bearing period is the duration of one single game, whereas in conventional financial markets, that can be weeks, months, even years for long-term investment. So I really like the idea of engaging sports betting markets given the frequent cycling of capital with that asset class. And I also like the idea of the better off of sports betting markets being recreational money. I think it's the only market in the world where recreational money fuels some significant portion of the total amount of capital circulating through the market, whereas Compared to any other conventional financial market, that's just not happening. So, you know, take for example, I don't know, currency FX pairs. No one's punting the FX AUD USD pair at a pure entertainment. It's being done to make money. Whereas, you know, some bloke might be sitting down on a Friday night watching the footy and his money is contributing towards the market inefficiencies that we see in sports money markets. And I, I sort of got that straight away back in 2009. That's what attracted me to sports betting markets and the rest is history, I suppose. Sure. And as we said, with Champion Bets, you'll be doing NBA package. Has it always been predominantly basketball for you or has there been? did you start with other sports and have you, you moved around other sports a little bit? 
I'd say that my first ever model was was the AFL. We still have a pretty pretty deep interest in AFL football, and then we expanded to other Australian sports. And then when we met our US-based partner back in 2010, we were introduced to North American sports, and so we basically moved our. Well, I wouldn't say we've moved our focus completely away from Australian sports, but we came to the realisation that there was some pretty deep, pretty liquid markets getting around North America. So we made the conscious effort to sink in much more time into the body of work that our business partner had worked on for a number of years. So he was also a sports modeler. And so we basically built on his body of knowledge, and his, um, his knowledge of algorithmic processes, and we basically entwined what we were doing with what he was doing and we sort of melded together and, and grew on that and what came out of it was a focus on Australian and North American sports at this point. So NBA is just one of a stable of sports that we currently do. Sure and as you mentioned now you've got business partners and you've also got a team so how would you best describe your current approach and the group that you look after at the moment and how you guys go about it? Obviously without giving too much away but I'd say that we have a very, very data-heavy approach and putting my feelers out there in the sports betting world, I've actually never met anyone that goes to the extent that we have gone to. We use tens of thousands of features in our sports modelling, which is pretty much unheard of, even in data mining circles, in machine learning circles. I know of some uh, pretty smooth operators in in sports betting and none of them have gone to that extent with their data-orientated approaches, whereas we have. So I'd say at the heart of our sports prediction is that sports prediction technology that we've been building that's surrounding the feature engineering phase of sports modelling. And that feature engineering phase is, I think, where the heart of value resides in sports prediction. And so we have what we coin as the computational engine, which generates all these features that feed into downstream modelling processes. And that is what I consider to be the heart of our of our value advantage. And so I'd say in summary, it's a very, very data-heavy approach, unlike anyone I've ever come across. And I've come across a fair few syndicates now in the last few years especially. So we, we do things very differently to everyone else. But that isn't saying that we have a pure machine-driven approach. Everything that we generate is eyeballed and, and signed off by some human trader. So it could be myself with main markets or with this play prop stuff and, and other minor markets. We've got other blokes that work for us that um, basically look at our trading console, our, our internal trading console, and eye off any bets that we either make ourselves or that we release. So that's our betting approach, I suppose. And what we are, what we are as an entity, I'd say that we're a diversified sports analytics organization. I don't really consider myself as a sports betting syndicate anymore, whereas that may have been the case 18 months ago, two years ago. I think there's a multitude of profit centers that can arise out of sports analytics. Hunting is just one of them, and my goal at this time is to exploit advantages in sports analytics far beyond punting. There are some entities overseas that I sort of look up to in terms of what that business model looks like, and I will endeavour to uh, take our organisation there sooner rather than later. So, yeah, that's basically what we're doing at this moment in time with our punning and what we're doing outside of punning. Sure. And just a quick one, a little bit off topic. 
obviously because a lot of our our listeners are very focused on the racing game. Is that something your team's ever looked at or has it been specifically sports betting? Good question. So currently only focusing on sports betting. I've had a little bit of exposure to Hong Kong racing my time. So I'm really attracted by the amount of volume in those markets and, and the kind of margins that can be had from those markets. So that's something that I may look at or we may look at going forward in time. But I'd say we're just taking things one step at a time. We're going to consolidate on the sports that we've been working on for a number of years. And then once that has been perfected, then we can sort of move along and explore different opportunities. Sure. And as I said earlier, just moving on to the NBA, you're actually coming on board with Champion Bets to produce a new player betting package. But you actually, I think it was around three months ago now, came on board for a, a small group of our, I guess, sort of higher value clients. And we've been running a package for yeah about three months, and it's definitely unlike anything we've ever seen in terms of both how it works and the returns. I think it's at the moment the results are around 400 units in three months, which is obviously absolutely unheard of. So, did you want to just give us a bit more background on that package that you've been running? Yeah, we we started a package around mid-November, and it was my intent to keep it as private as possible given that we were seeing these kind of margins prior to launch and we were like, well, this is out of control. We can't we can't give this out to the betting public because we, well, we'd probably pull the whole thing down with hundreds of clients taking on the book. So we basically had a, a fairly small private clientele, the champions that we started to release to mid-November and we're almost 400 points of profit in three and a half months on around 6,700 bets at 8.3% ROI, which is basically unheard of. I've never seen anything like that. I've, I've never seen anywhere near those results in three and a half months in any sport, in any package ever. And so that's what we've been privately working on with, with Champion Bets since mid-November. And I think it's time to sort of go out into the open somewhat and release a more liquid portion of our offering to a more wider circulation of points. Sure. So as we do that, we're launching the new NBA package in the coming days, of course. Uh, did you just want to take, I guess, the listeners through exactly what sort of bets they'll be looking at with this package? So this All-Stars package will entail two subsets or two different kinds of bets every day. There'll be around half a dozen NBA play prop bets per day. And that will be on the, say, six most liquid players per day. So your Steph Currys, your Kevin Durant types, your basic superstars of the NBA will be the players that we'll be focusing on because they have a wide circulation among all the Australian bookmakers and Australian bookmakers can take a half decent dollar on these, on these well-known players. So that's the first part of our offering. And then the second part of our offering is NBA first half plays. So, NBA first, going into first half markets is sort of part of a strategy to exploit our advantages in sort of markets off Broadway, so to speak. We made the conscious choice about a year ago to pivot somewhat because we found that even after six or seven years of working on technology and such, our results in full game markets with the NFL, NBA are just too inconsistent to trade reliably. And so what we then started to do is that we focused on sub-game markets 
and it seemed that sub-game markets were much more exploitable than full-game markets, which makes perfect sense because I'm not sure if hearing this podcast really understand the nature of sports betting markets, but really everything is shaped by global market forces. And any number, any any price or line that you see in this country on any non-Australian sport is shaped by a global market. And there are maybe no more than 20 large syndicates that compose 80% of the turnover offshore. And those large syndicates are basically those entities that, that shape this global price. So given that's the case, when you're a small syndicate aspiring to growing size from, from trading, you have to realize that you're coming up against some of the best on the planet. And those entities, I've seen them along their trading floors, they have seven-figure R&D budgets. They are turning over monumental amounts of money. And if any small outfit thinks they can compete with the best in the business, you need to really be sharp and really be on your toes when it comes to your modeling and your overall process because that's who you're coming up against. So with that realization in mind, we then decided to pivot and focus on sub-game markets and prop markets, and which you know, would be game, game props and play props. And that choice of, of trying to adjust has paid off spectacularly well so far, as we can see from this private offering that we gave out to Champion Clyde three and a half months ago and through our own trading, we have seen that going through the undergrowth and trying not to bring attention to ourselves by trying to pretend that we're the lion of the jungle when we're not, when we're actually the mouse trying to grow in this jungle environment is is what we've done to try and grow without the right kind of resources to make decent amounts trading. So that was our strategy. Start again, go back to the bottom of the food chain, stop smashing our heads against the wall with trying to beat the heart of the market, and that's paying off really well. So that was the strategy and the mindset behind looking at first half markets. And one year later, we've got a fairly successful 1H solution that exploits the fact that these large syndicates are not are not focused on the first half, on the pre-game first half, that is, because simply because there's just not enough money for them to bother with pre-game first half markets. And it also plays into our hands because the first halves of most sports that we have covered are fairly algorithmic in nature. So all these concerns with form, fitness and class and team motivations are basically things that happen in the later stages of the game. So we found that if we combined first halves only, which were fairly algorithmic, with less focus by large syndicates on, on these sort of obscure first-half markets, we could come to a fairly decent advantage. That's what we have to offer along with our half-dozen play props for that. Fantastic. So we've actually never had a an NBA package on champion bets till now. That's something we get a lot of requests for. It's obviously a very, very popular sport to be betting on just with the time of the games and the number of games. So subscribers to this package, as you were saying, can, I guess, expect... Bets every day or most days? There will be bets every day. So we'll have around half a dozen play prop bets per day, and there will be somewhere between 10 to 15 uh, first half bets each week. Fantastic. Uh, That's probably about all we've got time for today. So thanks for joining us, Brett. I think you've given everyone a a great insight into into how the new package will look and also what they can, I guess, what they're dealing with in terms of your own background. So thanks for that, and uh, we look forward to a very long and hopefully fruitful relationship. Cheers, Mark. I'm uh, really looking forward to 
new public package doing as well as our private package has so far. Fantastic. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for tuning in to Betting 360. Get more in-depth analysis, tips, and that betting edge by heading over to championbets.com.au where you'll find a full transcript of this episode. If you liked the show, don't forget to hit the subscribe button or share us with your fellow punter. Betting 360, punting from all angles.